0: Hallelujah.
1: Straighten out here. Amen. Well, there's a few of us tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll still have church anyhow. You get to be in the presence of God. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. I was asked a uh, prayer request for, uh, there was a young man that was here a few months back. Uh, Charlie, is it Charlie? Chris, Chris, Chris Fellis, uh Lost his two year old son yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so requesting prayers for the family. So pray for the Fellas family in White River, Chris Fellas. Amen. So. Let's go to prayer right now. And then, of course, we have all our other needs. Lord, we thank you, Father, for this opportunity. God, that we are here. We're gathered together in your precious name. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the privilege it is, Lord, to worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth. And, Lord, we ask that you would look down upon us, oh God, and that you, Lord, would give us grace. God, amen. at this time, at this moment, Lord, that you would bless us amen lord quicken us oh god make us alive lord lead us oh god by your spirit lord help us O father amen lord that we oh god can amen humble ourselves before you lord we pray that you would have your way in this place god minister to every heart god you know the needs lord of every person in this place oh god and we lord we pray that you administer god and minister to the needs that we have we're so thankful, Lord, for this salvation, God, and for, Lord, your, amen, God, for your healing, for your deliverance, God, for victory in your holy name, Lord. So we pray, God, that you would quicken us, open up our ears, that we may hear. God, our eyes that we may see, Lord, and our hearts that we may be converted. God, we ask you tonight, Lord, that you would, amen, reach out, Lord, and touch, oh God, the family of Chris Fallis, Lord during this time, oh God, of loss, oh Lord. Put your hand upon that family, Lord, all the relatives, oh God. Put your hand upon the people there in White River, O oh Lord. Amen, God, all the souls out there, Lord. We pray, God, and even in mission, Lord.
0: Amen, Lord. Put your hand upon all those, Father. Amen,
1: God. Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. We
0: thank you for this opportunity, God. Amen. Bless us in a mighty way, Lord. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen, Lord. Let it be done, O God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Mighty God. Amen. Amen. Got one fly flying around up here.
0: Wow.
1: Must be a church fly. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord,
0: for saving my soul. And thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free sing what with the heart, thanks oh thank you Lord for saving my soul oh thank you Lord for Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. One more time, saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. say You gave me today. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Hallelujah, mighty God, thank you Lord, praise God,
1: God is so good, so good, and I'm glad we can feel his presence in here, hallelujah, let's just reach out to him,
0: my God, He's will to my soul. Yes, He My God is real. For he has washed and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real. For I can be in my soul. Let's sing
1: it
0: again, sing. My God is real. Yes, He is. He's real in my soul. My God is real. For He has won and made me whole. Yes, He has. His love. your goal my God is real for I can give it Can do his mighty power. Let's sing it, sing. My God is real. Yes, he is. He's really my soul. My God is real for he has one and made Real, for I can be. Give me.
1: Six. Tell you what, I'm just, I'm just in. Oh, you turn this one down? Oh, no, no, no. Can you grab me a couple of batteries up there? Eight batteries. Or you can just push up number eight. Hopefully, this one die out. up to you. Test one, two. There you go. Back in business. Thank you, Lord. Somebody offered to buy me a lapel mic. And uh, I don't know what what it is with lapel mics, but every time I wore a lapel mic, there was always feedback. And even though they tried to adjust it, and it's always feedback, so I said, well, I guess lapel mics aren't my thing. And uh, maybe it's all that power that's inside my soul, I don't know. (laughs) Praise God, never could wear them, every time they try to fix it up, never works. I said, heck, just give me a a handheld microphone, that's good enough for me. And uh, praise God, so. That's what I said. I don't, I don't know about that. You know, we can try, but and I just didn't know if they didn't want me to, you know, maybe there was too much rumble in my chest. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Praise God, but I'm glad. I'm a little bit worn out and not, you know, just, just physically. And uh, I had to take a break Monday men's group and I know uh, I I posted it but uh, I think some didn't catch the post or the announcement so they were here so (laughs) praise God I always remember back in the early days when I could stay up 2 o'clock in the morning witnessing the people, talking to people about the Lord and be able to get up a few hours later, I can't do that no more seemed like my body just it kind of slows down after a while i give it a good go, but sometimes it catches up to me and that's the way i felt monday and plus monday spent several hours almost uh, four four and a half five hours uh, talking to jonathan old horse and uh, witnessing to him of course what he felt this weekend in church here he, he said no. he knows what we, he feels here is real he's never felt that any any other place and um, so I'm thankful for that but uh, keep him in your prayers and I don't know if any of you realize this but he is a Lutheran pastor and he pastored the Lutheran woe you tongue." I, I, th- I hope I say that right woe you tongue, uh church in Rapid City but uh, obviously God has been dealing with him. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, he, God knows his heart. So he came and like he said, he came and he said, I experienced God for the first time in my life. Amen. Wow. Awesome. And uh, you, Jesus. Amen. as far as I know, he's uh, making plans to move back here. He wants to be here for a while, he wants to learn, he wants to grow, and so he's taken that step to move back here, and uh, he's going to be baptized when he comes back next time. Amen. In Jesus' name. And I, I sent him, uh, he wanted a, a good study Bible, and I recently ordered an uh, apostolic uh, study Bible from uh, Pentecostal Publishing House. And uh, usually when I get a Bible, I'll put my name on it right away. And I'll uh, write inside the cover or put my name on it. And I didn't put my name on that one. I used it every now and then. I didn't use it all the time because I have three Bibles. This is my favorite Bible right here, my old Thompson. Yeah. Thompson. And uh, I had that, and I said, I, c- I got a Bible for you, a good study Bible. I've been going over the notes in that book, and I, I-, I like no- notes. And uh, So I said, I'll I'll sign it and send it to you. And. I sent it off yesterday morning, and the guy I said, how quick can you get it there? He said, oh, Thursday morning is probably the quickest I can get it there. I said, okay. I said, uh, we'll put a tracking number on it. He said, and he said, uh, should get there by Thursday. Well, the Lord knows. And as Jonathan got a hold of me, he texted this morning, and he, he texted, uh, uh, Sister, Sister Tracy sent a message to my wife, and Jonathan took uh, pictures of what he received in the mail and that Bible got there today, Amen. this morning. Amen. And he had pictures of it. And I signed it and, sister and I signed it and I put a scripture verse in there for him and everything and and I gave him some some study material and 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 I, this is what I told him and this is what I told sister Tracy I said obviously the Lord knew. Amen. So he uh, got his Bible and he's pretty happy about that but pray for Jonathan old horse and uh, I told Brother Dan about that yesterday and Brother Dan says well that's not going to be that's, there's going to be a lot more ha- things a lot more happen like that yeah. yeah, and and I believe so too I believe a lot more is going to happen if we just keep the what, what did Jesus say if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto yes. me amen, amen. So, if we continue to lift him up, mm-hmm. he will draw all men amen. unto himself. Amen. And I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad he's doing the work. And Amen. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm in awe. Yes. Things amen. like that happen. and mm-hmm. wow. I'm in awe. Right. <laughs> but God is good, isn't he? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, And uh, we're just doing what we can to make an impact upon somebody. Somebody that needs Jesus. This Friday is going to be uh, ministerial development. And the two individuals, of course, one of them's here. Brother Jacob's here. And the other one isn't here. uh, Alex, but uh, Alex, amen. Sully uh, those two are chosen to uh, on for youth night so amen so pray for them amen. pray for amen. them amen. and this is the topic testimony yes. testimony you can go with that, whatever way, which way the Lord leads you, but the Bible says that the spirit of testimony is prophecy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things about testimony. And uh, you can go either way testifying about the things of God. So that's what, and we all, we all have to develop and and I hope we all have a testimony. Mm -hmm. And uh, praise God. It's important to have a testimony so that people can know and and come to the knowledge of the truth. Did you did you realize you could do that? Just by your walk? Amen. Just by the way you live, just by the way you behave, just by your attitude, your spirit, just by the way you talk, you can be a testimony to People out there in the world, mm-hmm. I had to chuckle because Sister Adrian and and uh, Sister Sierra told me when they were in Sioux Falls, was it Sioux Falls? City? Oh, Sioux City at the mall. There was this gentleman came up to him, elder gentleman, came up to them and asked him, "Are you, are you two ladies, young ladies, Jews?"
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he was, he was a Jew, wasn't he? Yeah. He was Jew. And so they asked why he thought they were Jewish. He said, because the way you dress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's what I said. He should have told them that we're spiritual Jews. (laughs) But that's how powerful uh, our testimonies are. That's, That's what we can, that's the example that we can take to the world when they see us there's something about the Holy Ghost in in a person being filled with the Spirit of God and how it it projects uh, an image. Of course, it says about the Lord Jesus in Hebrews chapter one, that he's the express image of God. And so we understand that when we walk in the Spirit, we are going to bear the fruits of the Spirit. And not only that, they're going to see holiness in us, they're going to see sanctification and Amen, if there's ever a time, ever a time when uh, we realize that the dignity, God's dignity is upon us when we walk in the spirit and, and uh, as, as, as it happens, then others are able to see the Lord Jesus and that's what Hebrews uh, talks about that uh, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's Amen. why we that's why we are the way we are. Amen. All you crazy Jesus fanatics, Amen. Amen. spirit-filled, tongue-talking, one God, holy rolling. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. I, I remember I used to be crazy out there when I was in the world. Did a lot of crazy things. I don't want to talk about them, but I did a lot of crazy things. And uh, we all know what we're talking, what I'm talking about, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. No, we were all crazy before. I, I used to live hard for the devil, huh? Sometimes I would turn that one nighter into four or five nighters. Praise God, and, and not even know what happened during those days until I sobered up. Then somebody else would tell me, you know what you did? I said, no, I don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Praise God. We got so uh, lost in our sins. And that's how real God is. Mm -hmm. God comes into our lives and he makes things real. He makes things new. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So, amen. I appreciate what he's done. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles tonight, uh, the book of Nehemiah. If you want to go in the Old Testament, uh, just some things I, I've been feeling in my heart and in, in my spirit. And uh, how many of you have, have you know the what's uh, happening here in the Book of Nehemiah? Of course, this was the book was written when the Jews uh, returned from captivity in Babylon. Uh, when they took on the task of rebuilding the walls, and rebuilding the gates, and trying to rebuild Jerusalem after the, their 70-year captivity in Babylon, and uh, this is what this book is all about. This is not a, this is not, uh, 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 how would I say it, this, this is real, what it's talking about it's real. It's not a book about fiction. It's a book about truth. It's a book about real events. And uh, let's get started. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse number 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace that... Hanani, one of the brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned With fire. And it came to pass. When I heard these words. That I sat down. And wept and mourned. Certain days. And fasted and prayed. Before the God. Of heaven. And so you see. You know what happened there. As far as. uh, uh, That is concerned. Uh, You go into chapter 2. And right around verse number 11, do a little bit of reading if you, if you don't mind. And it said in verse number 11 in chapter 2, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days, and I rose, I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dunport, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. then, then when I up then when I up, praise God. Uh, where am I now? <laughs> 15. Then I went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned. And the rulers knew not whither I went. Or would I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach wow pretty uh, pretty uh, how can I say a bleak picture isn't it of a place that one time used to be inhabited with life Uh, you ever read historical accounts of Jerusalem back in the days and of course you know they talk about the wonder of Solomon's temple. And uh, I remember uh, several uh, people who were, uh, uh, as far as historians, were saying that, uh, you know, Solomon, there, there, there's so many wonders of the world and, and, and different uh, edifices, buildings, monuments that have made it. I don't know if you ever heard about the seven wonders of the world. Somebody once said that Solomon's temple should have been among those seven wonders because of its beauty. And one historian wrote that uh, what he read from history, he said people that came in that journeyed into Jerusalem uh, for the feast, of, uh, the feast of the Lord, uh, pilgrims that came in to celebrate the feast when they came into Jerusalem. And if they came in from the east side, from the Mount of Olivet Uh, At a certain time of the morning, they said the sun shining down upon Jerusalem that you could see it reflected the temple off of the temple. They said it was such a, uh, 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 how would I say, illumination that when the sun reflected off of those stones on Solomon's temple, they almost looked like pure gold. It was a beauty to the eyes. And of course, everything about that temple, everything about that place, that was the capital, Jerusalem was the capital of, amen, Israel. And uh, amen soon became uh, the capital of the southern kingdom, which was uh, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. So uh, it was a place that uh, of course, uh, God's word was finally fulfilled, and David wanted to build a place an habitation for the Lord, but because he was a man of war, he was not given, uh, amen, the, the, the authorization to do that. And so it passed on to his son. And, of course, Solomon built it. It took him seven years to build the temple there from the time they started until the time it was dedicated, as you read that in, in the book of uh, 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 Chronicles. So you see that, uh, amen, that this was a place that was uh, very uh, highly esteemed as far as the Jewish uh, nation was concerned because that was their place of worship it was a place that they came to and a place that represented a lot for them as far as their their faith belief but as a result of them falling into sin guess what happened the Lord allowed them to be amen defeated and amen if you read the scripture and if you read what happened there amen uh, under the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Jerusalem was besieged and just totally razed to the ground. Nothing was left and the temple was destroyed and uh, certain artifacts of the temple were taken by Nebuchadnezzar, taken into captivity. So that was the state of Israel all because they loved idol worship. Wow. Wow. How many of you believe that the Lord, when he speaks his word, that his word is sure? Amen. Yes. Amen. When he speaks his word, when he speaks a promise, that promise is true. And the thing about the promises of God is that they always come with a stipulation it's not too, uh, I would say, it's not too difficult uh, as far as serving the Lord uh, when, you, when he promised His people that he would bless them. He would bless them as a nation as long as they kept him in their sight, as long as they followed him, as long as they obeyed him. Uh, he said he was going to bless them, and he did. But yet, just because of, you know, the leadership, certain kings back at that time were righteous kings and certain kings were not righteous. So as a result, uh, amen, their sin, the idolatry, uh, falling back into the, uh, uh, how could I say, the practices, the religions of the nations that were around them. So the Lord finally had to bring that all to an end. And... Here's the thing, when they, when they were living for God, when they were worshiping God, when they were doing what was right before Him, He exalted them. They were an exalted nation, but as soon as they would turn their back on Him, guess what happened? Amen. They lost their peace. They lost their power. They lost their lands. Amen. They lost their children, they lost their families, they lost everything. Wow. Somebody might say, well, God doesn't care. Yes, He does. He cares for us. I want to say something to all of you sitting in here tonight. Because we we can hear that if you just heard what I spoke to you about God's promises. Uh, Paul said all his promises were yea. Not one of them, nay. But it comes to the part of us actually obeying God's word, doing our part as far as that's concerned. Uh, I don't know if this has any relationship to what uh, the Lord was, was speaking or you know what happened as far as their captivity, but if you go over to the book of Psalms uh, 125, you read there in verse number one, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. Which cannot be removed. You see that. But abideth forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem. So the Lord is round about his people. From henceforth even forever. In other words they were going to be protected by the Lord. Amen. But look what he says. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. I believe that's the answer to what happened to them. Everything that we're reading about in, there, in the book of Nehemiah. I believe that is the answer. That's why all that was allowed to happen. Because... They turned their back on God. They walked away from Him. They took His commandments lightly. Praise God. And so as a result, God had to keep His promise that He spoke to them through the law of Moses. If you turn your back to me, He said what was going to happen was they were going to be taken captive and they would be scattered in a land that they did not know. And so we see this But here's here's the thing about, about the Lord. He said their sentence was going to be 70 years of captivity. 70 years of captivity. I don't believe in chances. Somebody might say, well, he gave Israel a chance. No, he didn't give them a chance. He said, your sentence is going to be 70 years. After 70 years, you're going to go back. I'm going to give you an opportunity to start all over again. Amen. Man, that's, that's good, isn't it? Yes. We can be given the opportunity to start all over again. Yes. Especially all the mistakes we've made. Amen. All the failures. Amen. On our part, not His part. Amen. On our part. Whenever we walked away from God. Whenever we turned our back on Him. Whenever we became half-hearted. But here's God. He says, hey, I'm going to give you another opportunity. Amen. And that's what happened to Israel. And of course, they say after Israel came back from captivity, guess what? That's what took idolatry out of their hearts. Wow. 70 years of being in a foreign country, captive. Not knowing that if you would ever see... Your homeland again, and here was Nehemiah, when he heard of the the condition of Israel, the city of Israel, that the report given to him, the walls are burned, the gates are burned, the people there are under great affliction, wasn't something that he wanted to hear, and and praise God, it just showed him that, uh, Amen, that what they needed was. Restoration. They needed to be restored. What they needed was, amen, a time of reconstruction, rebuilding, revival. That was going to happen. Anytime we experience something that, uh, of course, judgment or whatever it is, uh, it's a result of our own decision, it's a, a result of us, amen, walking away from God. Whenever we experience that, we come out of it. uh, Amen. It's always a good time for restoration. Always a good time to rebuild. Always a good time to reconstruct certain things in our lives. And that was the task that was given to Nehemiah here. And one of the things that he said was uh, in verse number 17 in chapter 2. Then he said unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire, Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Hallelujah. You know how uh, the enemy is able to infiltrate our amen, our homes, our. (laughs) environment. You know how he's able to infiltrate? Of course we, we just read the scripture in Psalms 125 lest the right righteous turn their hands to iniquity. Lest we put our hands to iniquity. God will always take care of us. But there's one thing he will not allow in our lives and that's sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why it's important for us not to have a sinful attitude. Amen. It's important for us to dwell on the things of God. To have that kind of attitude. Not to think about failing God. Why is it people always worry about failing God? Huh? Shouldn't be worried about failing God. You shouldn't worry about failing God. You should be you should be happy that you can live for God. Huh? That's what we should be concerned about. That should be our desire. That should be our... Goal that we can, and, and our mind, that we can, hey, I want to, how many of you want to live for God? Yeah. I want to live for God.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amen. I want his life to be manifest in me. Praise God. So we see that. So what happened here? Amen. Jeremiah uh, Nehemiah said, we've got a monumental task ahead of us to rebuild. To rebuild the gates. To rebuild the walls. The reason why the enemy comes into our lives and just makes havoc, just devastates us, is you know why? Because our walls are torn down. Right. Our walls are burned. You know why he can come in as he chooses? Because mm-hmm. the gates are burned. Mm-hmm. We're not able to keep him out. Praise God. Amen. And that's what happened to Jerusalem because of their sin. They couldn't keep the armies of Nebuchadnezzar out. Amen. It was something that the Lord allowed to happen in their lives. Amen. So here they came in. And of course, like, like we said, and as the scripture says that he just came in and he just totally destroyed Jerusalem and he destroyed it by fire. And so we see that. So when we talk about, uh, amen, uh, rebuilding, rebuilding the gates and rebuilding the walls. Uh, if you look at a, a drawing or if you look at a map of Jerusalem. Back in the time of uh, David and back in the time of Solomon, uh, when, they, when they had Jerusalem fortified, of course, uh, the city back then, the, what they call the ancient city of David, was a lot smaller than the city, uh, the original city, the walls in Jesus' time. But uh, the walls that were situated around uh, Jerusalem, amen, they had 12 gates that was situated in the walls of Jerusalem, that surrounded Jerusalem. And there was 12 gates in those walls, and amen, uh, one of the gates was called the Sheep Gate, one of them was called the Muster Gate, one of them was called the East Gate, or what they call the Golden Gate, one of them was called the Horse Gate, one of them was called the Valley Gate, the other the Water Gate, the Fountain Gate, the Dung Gate, The Valley Gate, the Ephraim Gate, the Old Gate, which is Jeshana, the Jeshana Gate, and the Fish Gate—all these gates were burned by fire. So the gates weren't operational. The gates could not, Amen, keep the enemy out. Of course, plus the walls were burned and they were torn down there were breaches in those walls praise God so the city had no protection no protection Uh, here's something interesting the word for gate in this particular uh, in the Old Testament when we talk about the gates of Jerusalem the Hebrew word "shar," just a gate and the an entryway is called petha. The threshold of the gate is called saf. And the door of the gate was called deleth. So you understand, this is what the gate consisted of. An entry, petha, a threshold, saf, and a door, deleth. And, and we never think about it, but that's what a gate is built of. These are all the things that are situated with the gate. So, amen. A gate does have a entry. It does have a threshold. It does have a door. So, in other words, uh, when we think about it, the purpose that the gate serves is that it when it is closed, it will protect us. Now, uh, listen to this. In the ancient times, the significance of the gate In ancient times, it was an entrance into a city, a camp, or a temple, or a house. Okay? It was also a place of assembly. You could read that in the Old Testament, where, amen, if they wanted to go gather, if if important matters had to be addressed, they, they all congregated at the gate. It was a place of assembly. It was the chief place of concourse. Hallelujah. A lot of activity at the gates. A place to gather the social and legal purposes. To gather for social and legal purposes. So these gates were important. The gate was spoken of as meaning the city or the people of the city. So whenever you talked about the gate of Jerusalem, you obviously were talking about the people of Jerusalem or the city of Jerusalem. So in other words, when you mention that, you're referring either to the city or you're referring either to the people in that city. Okay, here's another interesting note about gates. And this is something that uh, is, is a very important for us to understand because in the Oriental countries, in the Middle East, whenever they were talking about somebody as far as somebody being uh, giving a blessing and they would always pass that blessing on and they would say uh, we pray that you would possess the gate of your enemies so to possess the gate of your enemies was a term meaning that you had power and you had wealth wow so, think about that. Think about that. We have power huh? in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have wealth. Yes. Amen. So, we should possess the gate of our enemy. Yes.
0: Amen.
1: Hallelujah. We should possess the gate of our enemies. It's a wonder why Jesus said that in Matthew sixteen eighteen when he said unto Peter, he said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. And in other words, the enemy cannot come into our environment. I know he tries doesn't he he tries to come in I I always often hear people saying I had a spiritual attack I was bothered you know sometimes sometimes here's the thing I want want everybody to remember this remember this God is always in control of our lives Just because you come under attack, just because something happens to you, doesn't mean that your life is not under control. Hallelujah. Sometimes the Lord allows certain things to happen. Amen. But guess what? Remember this one thing the devil cannot touch you. That's right. The only way he can touch you, the only way that he can have the liberty to do. Amen to whatever he chooses to do to you is if you continue to live your life in sin. Mm -hmm. If you continue to live your life without God, then he is free to do whatever he chooses to do for you. But as long as you're living for God, guess what? You will always have power and authority over him. We have to somehow get our minds to the point where we can always, uh, you know, uh, uh, the scripture says, the scripture says this, remember all you spirit-filled people. This is what the scripture says in the the first John. He says, greater is he that is in you. Why do we always tend to forget that? When it comes to spiritual, spiritual, attack and trials and temptation why do we always tend to forget that we've got one of the greatest things the greatest thing living in us and we've got the power He shall be endued with power from on high every time the enemy comes at me you know what i remind him guess what i'm endued with power from on high amen so come my way come my way praise god i welcome you to come my way because i have authority over you amen and when we believe that with all our heart guess what god will always honor his word amen hallelujah amen. so this is what we need to do we need to embark on the task of Rebuilding. Hmm? Rebuilding the gates that have been torn and burnt. Amen. And rebuilding the walls, the walls of salvation. Remember, the walls are kept, amen, to protect you. They're your protection. When we're behind the walls of salvation, Amen. We, amen, will be protected. But, amen, what allows the enemy to come into our lives is when we're careless with the way we live. So what happens? Amen. He can come through the gate anytime he wants to. So that's why it's important for us, each and every one of us, that we have to engage in rebuilding the gates and rebuilding the walls in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we can possess the gate of our enemy. Man. Be nice. If we could turn this thing around. I know I know some of you are overcomers. I know some of you know what it's like, your experience, when you go through spiritual battles, and you know what it's like, and you fight those battles. Guess what? Here's, here's the thing. And, and those of you, elder saints, and those of you that have been living for the Lord for a long time, you know that, don't you? You experience that. You, you fight the fight of faith, you hold on to eternal life. Amen. We, we fight that battle, the spiritual battle, and guess what? Here's the thing. Uh, God always gives us the victory. Amen. Yeah. We always overcome. As long as we do what's uh, right in His eyes, and as long as we humble ourselves before Him, God will always, amen, be with us. He'll always be on our side. So that's the thing that, uh, amen, you can tell from a person when they go through something, but yet, guess what? They're not uh, distracted by, amen, the, really the, the, the weight or the, the, the size of the adversity that they're experiencing Amen. Because you know what? They know that they have power. They know they have faith. And so they continue to fight. And as a result, guess what? God always helps us to overcome. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing we need to understand. So we need to engage in the task of rebuilding. Mm -hmm. You think about all these young people, all these children, all the little ones. We had more infant children and younger children in this church than we do adults. I was kind of surprised Sunday when we excused for Sunday school class, we lost over half of our congregation. They went to their classes There's a few of us adults left here that told me something. We have a lot of young souls that count on us. Mm. A lot of young souls that we are responsible Mm -hmm. for. Amen. And you know, right now, you know, and I'm going to say this to you young people uh, you don't have the wisdom. You don't have the experience to decide what's good for your life. Mm -hmm. That's left to your parents. Mm -hmm. And it's your responsibility, you parents, to raise up your children in the ways of God. Mm -hmm. Train up a child in a way that he or she shall go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's what you need to do. You you ever wonder why the devil penetrates our homes? Mm. Is because we don't have any structure in our homes. Because if you had anointing in your homes, your homes will not be penetrated like they are. Praise God. You won't be coming under attack and you won't be, amen, you won't be defeated the way you're defeated if your homes, amen. If, if you had that, praise God, that, that covering upon you, and it's up to you parents. It's up to your parents to set that standard. I know a lot of people don't like to use that word standard, but if you set that standard in your home, if you pray, ooh, a lot of people just have a hard time doing that. A lot of people have a hard time reading the Bible at home. The excuse is that they're not smart enough. Well, you won't get, uh, you won't grow knowledge if you don't read. That's
0: right,
1: And if you pray and ask God to give you understanding, He will give you understanding. Don't let the devil lie to you. You've got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will help you to interpret the Word of God. He'll teach you the things of God. Amen. So we can't use that as an excuse. that I don't know what to do. Let me tell you something. If you know how to read, you can read. If you know how to pray, you can pray. Just those two simple elements. And even if you start out just little at a time, but on a consistent basis, yeah, start to build those walls. Mm, Brother Longshore preached a message one time out of the book of Nehemiah, and he even wrote a song. And you know what? He, he named it Burnt Stones in a Trash Man's Hand. Mm. In other words, we're given the task. What the enemy has come in and destroyed. We're given a task to rebuild. And usually because it's been, in the manner it's been destroyed, it's not going to be, praise God, you know, uh, 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 a task that, you know, we can just do because it's messy. When you have to rebuild something that has been totally torn apart. There's, you know what? You're going to have to put some kind of motivation into it. Amen. It's not an easy that's task. Right. You know, that's why it's up to us to quit, amen, turning our backs on God. Amen. And amen. quit, amen, walking away from Him. Because, you know, it makes it that much harder when we have to rebuild those areas in our lives. But, as they did, they had to take everything, uh, they had to salvage. It's like I was telling these gentlemen here when we were doing all this work. I said, be careful how you take it apart. Anybody, you know, I, my Brother Aaron and I are, uh, experienced at renovation. And somebody wants to renovate, and we've done, I don't know how many jobs we've done renovating homes. And they say, uh, they can't get the material that they need. So you're going to have to reuse the material that's there. So when we go in and, and, and de- uh, you know, uh, demol- demolition, when we go in there and we start to take apart, you know, we could, you know a lot of people just go in there and tear everything off. They don't care how it comes off. Amen. They just tear it off. But did you realize that if you're going to go in there and renovate, you can't just tear things apart. You got to be careful how you take it apart. You know why? Because you're going to use it again. And if you're not that kind of person where you're particular. Huh? I know the devil comes in and wreaks havoc. He, you know, there's a lot of devastation sometimes when it happens. There's a lot of damage. And uh, praise God, but it's up to us to restore what he has torn down. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's Sometimes it's not... Uh, task that, you know, we don't envy that. It's difficult sometimes to rebuild something that has been destroyed. And so that's why it's important for us to, to, to understand this, that, amen, we need to amen, build again the walls and the gates that have been torn down, that have been burned, demolished. Hallelujah. What a task. Getting something out of the rubble, rubble, and getting something out of the rubble and cleaning it up, maybe retooling it so it can be useful again. Amen. What, what in your life has the devil just totally torn apart and made useless, huh? Where well, it doesn't have any form or any shape anymore. But you know what? It's up to you right now to take a look and, and as Nehemiah did, you know what he did when he got back to Jerusalem? He, he, he got on his, his donkey and he wanted to survey what was done, the damage that was done and of course he did it by night. He didn't want anybody to let him know what he was up to and so he went he surveyed the walls and he surveyed the gates and he said, you know what? It's just like they said. Everything is burned. Everything is torn down. There's much work to be done, but guess what? He had it in his heart. And that's what he said. If I could just tell the people what I feel led to do because of my God. Hallelujah. Here's, here, here's the thing. Some of us need to take an honest evaluation of our homes. Huh? Some of you need to take an honest evaluation. Don't overlook certain things that you know, praise God, are the very things that cause you to stumble or fail God. Don't overlook those things. They might be minute to you. They might be insignificant. They might be small. But like the Bible says, the little foxes spoil the vine. It's those little, you know, uh, 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 can I say it this way? It's those little sins. Mm -hmm. (coughs) And we say, okay, that's harmless. But why is it that we still... Have certain difficulty and why is it that we are still sometimes battling and struggling it's because we allow these little things to amen remain there we're not doing anything as far as removing them out of our lives amen and we think it's okay oh you know we'll we'll address the 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 bigger things the things that I think are are important for us but you forget about the small things Mm -hmm. you know it could be your attitude Mm -hmm. your spirit huh Mm -hmm could be the way that, uh, amen, sometimes that you walk with God. You may not take it very seriously. Maybe, maybe you're not really, uh, um, maybe you don't think deeply about the things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell you what, I believe that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do to get some of our homes in a place of stability that they need to be we need to rebuild we need to evaluate and then from that evaluation we need to rebuild we begin to amen rebuild and restore Amen. those things that were were torn down let me tell you something why is it why is it let me let me ask you this question this came to my mind the other day and 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 uh let me ask you this question why are some of you afraid of holiness mm. Mm. why are some of you afraid of holiness you know what Peter said he quoted the scripture he quoted uh, Leviticus 19 and, and he quoted he said that uh, he said, the Lord said for be ye holy for I am holy mm-hmm. huh. Why are we afraid of holiness? You know what holiness just basically simply is? Separation from sin. Amen. Amen. And we're to be a holy people. What would you what what business do you have fooling with the things of the world?
0: Ooh.
1: Why do we indulge in worldly amusements? In worldly programmes. Huh? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I was told, and nobody here, but I'm just using this as an example. I was told about a, a gentleman who was, uh, of course, in his uh, latter 30s, early 40s. And uh, he got hooked on games. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, you young people. You know what I'm talking about. Little controllers and and the the, the game boxes mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and, and and when he was a young man you know of course the 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 technology now you can do a lot of stuff with those game boxes and everything but he got started on it way back when then but you think by now he would overcome that but guess what he's right into it that's how much he's bound by those games mm-hmm. and and he's in there and that's all he does and of course his wife is saying man. He still hasn't gotten over that. And we think that's harmless. Worldly programs. Things that come over the media. You ever wonder why you have the attitude you have? Where are you getting that? That's right. Huh? Kind of getting quiet in here tonight. <laughs> Praise God. But you ever wonder why it is we struggle? Mm-hmm. Why it's difficult for us to really, uh, amen, seek God the way that He wants us to seek Him. Mm-hmm. To really have that devotion that we need to have. To really have that consecration. Mm-hmm. Amen. I used to dress like the world. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Because the Holy Ghost influences me how to be a godly man. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Not just in the way I live, but in the way I look. Mm-hmm. Amen. I, I don't look like every person out there. Let me tell you something. Quit looking. Quit getting your, your, your styles of clothing from the world. Amen. And get a hold of the word of God and let the word of God tell you how to dress. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because, Amen. We need to be told how to dress. Yes. I grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a time, of course, some of you elders might remember this, when you start to preach on holy clothing, somebody said, oh, there he goes, he's a clothesline preacher. Why would people respond to preaching like that? Well, it's because their spirit went right with God. That's right. Huh? Yeah. And you can look at them and you can tell. Huh? Hallelujah. Those are the things that we need to rebuild. Amen. Rebuild. Rebuilding the gates. Rebuilding the walls. All those things, praise God, that we need to do. And uh, let me tell you something. When we begin to do that, when we begin to uh, rebuild uh, this, this is amazing I, I, I love this book I love reading this book but this, uh, Nehemiah if you're still there uh, um, and, and chapter 3 look what it says after, after Nehemiah uh, uh, spoke about uh, to the elders and what he was there to do and he said uh, he said that uh, uh, that let us rebuild let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we may be no more reproach A reproach to our enemies. We don't have any fortifications. Did you know that what God gives us in the word and what we learn, that is our fortification. So we need to rebuild those walls and rebuild those gates so we can have some kind of fortification so that we won't be a reproach to our enemies anymore. Praise God. And so, He says that, then you go down there in chapter 3 and verse number 1, then you see what happened as a result of Nehemiah's, amen, Nehemiah's uh, uh, speaking to the elders, and he says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they built the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of Mia. They sanctified it unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him buildeth the men of Jericho, and next to them buildeth Zachor, the son of Imri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hesedaniah build build up, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth, the son of Urijah the son of Kaz, and next unto them repaired Mishalim, the son of Berakiah. And the son of a bill, And next unto them repaired Zadok the son of ba And so we see what happened. When they finally realized what they needed to do, everybody joined in the rebuilding. Everybody joined in the task of, amen, rebuilding the gates and rebuilding the walls. And as the scripture says, they sanctified them. They set the doors, set up the doors. My mind. Hallelujah. That's a task that we have at hand right now. We need to join together to rebuild. our families, our homes, our relationships, our fellowship, Mm -hmm. the work that God wants to do in us, this is what we need to do. Praise God. This is what needs to happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So well, that's what we, amen. That's the task that we have right now. Each and every one of us, all you, all you dads, all you fathers, all, you, all the heads of, of the homes, your families, that's the responsibility given to us. We're obligated to do that as the spiritual leaders of our families of our homes we need to stand and we need to Amen. make that proclamation that we're going to rebuild we're going to restore hallelujah the walls of salvation the gates amen so that we can be a fortified city again we can be a fortified family. We can have a fortified home. Praise God. We can have protection. We can be kept. Praise God. That's what we need to That's what we need to do. Thank you, Jesus. We'll stop there for this evening. So, uh, hopefully... Jacob, uh, Jacob and Alex will be sharing with us Friday evening. Amen. On testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. I'm looking forward to what God will do. Let me, let me encourage some of you folks. Let me encourage you. Do your best. Do your best to attend the activities we have here. Amen. I know sometimes it's not always, we're not able to uh, attend every activity, but do your best to attend as many of the activities that we have going here. They're, they're for a good reason. We have them schedule for a good reason. It just, uh, I feel troubled when, you know, we have all these activities, all these things happening and it just seems like we don't have that uh, zeal. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we talked about doing this and people are excited about doing it, but just like everything else, people's excitement and zeal only go for a little while yeah. and the impression, boom, yeah. go down. Never can be consistent. Mm-hmm. But do your best to to... Be here to support them, to be to uh, participate in what's going on, and do your best to be here for prayer. Uh, especially all of you involved in uh, the music ministry, uh, ushers, even you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ushers should be here a little bit earlier. Amen. Uh, and so, be do your best to be here. Don't come don't don't come into church late. Don't come into church late. Don't come into prayer late. Praise God, there's this, there's, you know. And you might have a valid reason uh, why you're late, but don't let it be something that happens all the time. Uh, praise God. And if you're involved in the music ministry up here, and you don't show up for prayer, you don't show up for Bible study, guess what? We can't use you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So we, we need to stay on top of things. It's not hard to be on time. It's not hard to be here when we should be here. It's not hard. Amen. Uh, we can be on time for our jobs. We can be on time for our appointments. Yeah. We can, you know, we need to take the things of God more serious than our jobs, Amen. than our appointments. Yes. We need to be here for Him. So I'm just letting you know, praise God. So uh, tomorrow night uh, there will be a rehearsal. Tomorrow night, Friday evening, like I said, youth development, and then of course this weekend is our uh, normal activities on the weekend. So thank you very much uh, for your attendance Friday? tonight. God bless you, and have a good evening, the rest of the evening.